What's happening, everybody? My name is Chris Green, and I am your host for the Unconquerable Souls podcast. And today, we're going to talk about how to optimize your training so that you can perform better should you encounter a violent attack in reality. What I mean is, in one of my podcasts, I talked about train the way you're going to fight because you are going to ultimately end up fighting the way you train. And I address this specifically towards cops, but it really does apply to everybody. And I try to attach this philosophy and this training modality when I teach Krav Maga and when I teach law enforcement defensive tactics and when I teach anything for that matter. You know, the fact of the matter is, is that we're all humans and we all are going to react to stress differently. A man named Ralph Waldo Emerson uh, said, we boil at different degrees. You know, we all know that one guy who gets spun up super easy. All of a sudden, you know, something happens, something scares them, and they are just spun up. They freak out. They are super loud at that point. They're moving all over the place. You can see that their, their heart rate is super high, stuff like that, right? But then you also have the person that is just cool as a cucumber. I mean, they just, nothing can shake them. And then maybe they're shaking on the inside, but I mean, they're really good at just being like a duck on water, right? And a duck on water means it looks really calm on the top of the water, but underneath they're just paddling like crazy, right? So today I want to talk about, you know, some of the, uh, the it's called the color code uh, for stress conditions. You know, uh, there's conditions like white, yellow, uh, red, gray, and black. There's other ones like white, yellow, you know, red, green, blah, blah, you know, all sorts of different color codes for this. But we're going to use a very simple one outlined by a guy named uh, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. And what I'm uh, specifically touching on is a book that I'm, I'm rereading for the second time. It's a book called On Combat. It was written by Lieutenant Colonel Grossman. Fantastic book. And if you are a martial arts instructor or you are a police officer in the military, if you are leading units in the military or in law enforcement or even in fire, I think it's imperative that you read uh, this particular book because it really sheds light on the physiological and the psychological effects Specifically surrounding violent confrontations, but for those of you in fire and EMS, uh, stressful situations. I mean, you guys are you know dealing with just as much conflict as as police uh, and military, but just on a different um, on a different scale. And your guys' stress level is obviously just as high, uh, but it's it's a little bit uh, different in your case. But either way, uh, this book has a tremendous amount of valuable information uh, that you guys can take uh, to your daily lives and your jobs. Now, Dave Grossman uh, was a psychologist in the U.S. Army, and he ended up teaching uh, psychology at West Point. He wrote his first book on killing, and it was specifically geared towards the physiological and psychological effects of killing, uh, specifically. On Combat really talks about deadly conflict uh, in war and peace, as well as just violent confrontation. So we're not just talking about killing people in this one. He uh, hits all the main points of on killing in this book, but then he also adds on to it, talking about other violent confrontation that you could potentially come across. So uh, today what I want to talk about is um, some of the, the – I read this book when I was back in the military, before I was a Krav Maga instructor, when I was still you know teaching Marines, and um, I've kind of carried it with me in all of my um, – 
my training and my teaching adventures, and you know, and I've really tried to keep it in 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 mind uh, because I think that it's valuable that us as instructors, us as trainers, and I'm talking to Krav Maga instructors, I'm talking to Jiu-Jitsu instructors, I'm talking to um, anybody who is teaching reality-based self-defense, firearms instructors, um, I'm talking to law enforcement, everybody, right? So I'm talking to all of you guys today. So. <clears throat> First, we we need to take a look at uh, a couple things that happen uh, in the body, right? So as your stress level goes up, your heart rate goes up. And I'll, I'll kind of equate it and I'll, I'll explain it up the scale, right? So you have conditioned white, which is – that's your psychological condition, okay? And conditioned white is like r- walking around your house. The doors and the windows are locked. There's not one threat in the house. Nothing is there to try to kill you. Nothing is there to bother you. There's nobody trying to get in. It is a nice, peaceful day in the neighborhood, and you are just going about your daily business. You are not on edge. You're not waiting for something to pop out at you and and try to attack you, right? You're not having to watch everybody's hands or where, you know, whether the hands are in the pockets or by the waistline. You know, there's there's no perceived threat or potential of any threat. So this is condition white. When you are sleeping, you're in condition white because you are completely unaware of any type of threat that could be uh, near you. Now, this usually happens at your normal heart rate, which is 60 beats per minute to 80 beats per minute. If it's anything uh, higher than that, you should probably see your doctor. If it's anything lower than that, awesome until you get too low. And then, again, you should probably see a doctor about that. But in your normal uh, resting heart beat, which is 60 to 80 beats per minute on average, right? So then we pop up to condition yellow. Condition yellow is the equivalent of walking around uh, kind of at the grocery store. You know, you you may have, um, like, you're, you're aware of what people are doing. You're aware of the people that are around you. You're not sitting there staring at your phone. If you're walking through the grocery store and you're staring at your phone and you're not paying attention to what's around you, that's condition white. Okay, but it, you're, you're aware of what's going on around you. You're aware of where people are at. You can see what other people are doing. You make eye contact with them, but you don't perceive them as threats. You're not um, ready to, you know, break leather and, you know, draw down on someone. You're not ready to, uh, you know, get into a good balanced fighting stance and start throwing blows, right? You're just going about your normal daily business out in public. So this is your condition yellow. Now, obviously, things can start to get your attention at this point. So you may see you know, a fight off in the parking lot or you may see uh, a couple uh, starting to argue and maybe it's getting a little heated, right? And sometimes what happens in our body, and we don't even feel it at that point, and our heart rate may go up a little bit. It may go up to you know, 100 beats per minute or, or just a little bit more. And you may not feel it uh, specifically. You're not going to hear your heart thumping in your ears, but you're aware of it. And so you're, you're, um, you're in that heightened state of awareness. So you're in condition yellow. Now, as we get to about 115 beats per minute, your fine motor skills deteriorate, which means your ability to touch with your fingertips, your ability to pick up small things. Like if I dropped a dime uh, on the ground, it may be a little more difficult to pick up. Uh, if I you know, dropped a pen or something like that, it may get a little more difficult to pick up. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it may, right? And it's all kind of depending on the person. But those fine motor skills start to deteriorate. Then... You're getting up into condition red at this point. Once you get past 150 beats per minute, or 115, sorry, beats per minute, you're getting up into condition red. Now, this is going to be important. 
that kind of that weird red, yellow, I, I like to call it condition orange uh, personally, but in that condition orange, right somewhere between 115 uh, beats per minute and 145 beats per minute, this is your optimal um, survival and combat performance level. This is where you're going to be firing on all cylinders, right? This is where you should be uh, comfortable, right? This is what when when you're training in firearms or when you're training in Krav Maga or when you're training in some sort of self-defense, your law enforcement defensive tactics or whatever, um, this is where you should get comfortable with operating. This is where you should be operating nice and smooth, nice and uh, calmly, right? And everything should still be very clean as you as you as you move around, right? You're not freaking out. You're not getting just pummeled. Uh, you should still be able to defend and counterattack. You should still be able to uh, move uh, with your feet. You're not getting stuck in quicksand, stuff like that. Right, so your complex motor skills, your vision, visual reaction time, and your cognitive reaction time are all—I mean, they're—they're they're going like full, full, uh, full tilt, right? But then, as we get to 145 beats per minute, now your complex motor skills start to deteriorate. Now your ability to grab things, your ability to grab and release things. Now, in Krav Maga, there's this thing called a 360 defense where I'm blocking a punch, where you keep your hand open, and then I try to close my fist with the other hand. So I have one hand open, one hand closed. And this sometimes trips people up because as we get up to that 145 beats per minute, you're not going to be able to open one hand, close the other hand, or open your hand once it's been closed. It's going to be a little more difficult. And so this is a, towards the top of condition red, kind of getting into condition gray a little bit. So we get up uh, 145 beats per minute, and we're, we're jumping up into the 160 beats per minute. So in between, you know, about 160 beats per minute to 220 beats per minute, which is really freaking unhealthy. Let me tell you that right now. If you get to 220, uh, you're going to do what's called freeze, and then you're probably going to die. Um, and that's a very dramatic approach to it, but th- that's a that's just the approach I'm going to take. Um, but above 175 beats per minute, once your heart rate is faster than 170 beat 75 beats per minute, uh, you you're irrational at that point. Your fight flight or uh, fight flight freeze uh, ability um, is enacted. I mean, you are either going to freeze in place, and you are going to completely mentally blank. And you are going to not have any ability to function whatsoever, and boom, you're just going to get mauled over and harmed. This is bad, right? Or you're going to flee, which is a better alternative, but if you're there to protect someone else, mind you, Krav Maga is a, also a third-party protection system. If you're there to protect someone else, this is also bad because you are fleeing, you're running away, and when you're running away, we may prompt that predator-type uh, behavior and the attacker to chase, right? Um, but then there's also fighting, but again, when you get to that point, your, your cognitive processing, uh, has deteriorated. So you're really not going to make the best decisions. Now there's the other thing is freezing, uh, and, and fleeing is, is, is a submissive behavior and that submissive behavior you're giving up. You're no longer willing to fight anymore, and you're willing to accept um, that uh, that trauma, which is, in my eyes, a problem. Right? I don't want you to accept submission. I don't want you to submit to your attacker. I want you to fight back. 
And I want you to teach your attacker a lesson. This is why I highly, again, I highly encourage you to go find a place and train. But this is, again, my passion, right? Now, your gross motor skills, right? Like running, charging at things, you know, uh, your highest level of performance, those are going to get, they're going to get challenged a little bit. You may have avoiding of the bladder of the bowels. You may pee or shit yourself. You may piss or shit yourself. I mean, it's it's commonly known um, in combat that guys will piss and shit themselves in in firefights. So to kind of expand on that a little bit, there's two uh, different uh, nervous systems. Well, there's the automatic no- uh, nervous system, and that co- is comprised of your sympathetic nervous system and your parasympathetic nervous system. Your sympathetic nervous system is associated with stress uh, of of perceived danger, right? It is uh, generally concerned with like expending uh, energy from you know the reserves that are stored in the body. Uh, and in, it inhibits things like digestion or holding onto your bowels or holding onto your bladder, right? When the sympathetic nervous system is engaged, it goes, I don't need to hold on to this right now. It's time to fight. It's, it's time to do this. So this is why you may piss or shit yourself. Now, I'm not saying this is what's going to happen in every fight. I'm just saying that is always a possibility, especially when it gets to that point. Now, your parasympathetic nervous system is what is engaged when you are sleeping or when you're doing the other stuff. And that is what is taking care of like um, things like digestion, salivation. Um, If you think about it, like your sympathetic nervous system is like the infantry, right? They're the ones who do all the fighting. They're, They're the ones who are on the front lines. They're the ones who are taking care of the battle portion, right? And your parasympathetic nervous system are like the cooks, the mechanics, the clerks, and stuff like that. Um, and David Grossman does a really good job explaining how the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system kind of blend together and work together, but they also work uh, opposing one another. So <clears throat> if you think, uh, you know, homeostasis is like that uh, you're up, you're moving, you're, you're doing your thing, you're going about your day, and then all of a sudden, boom, something very traumatic happens. Someone comes out and tries to stab you, tries to shoot you, tries to grab you, choke you, whatever the case may be. Your body's response is a total sympathetic nervous system uh, arousal, right? It, that thing is engaged, right? And then, again, the parasympathetic nervous system is going to shut down. So things like holding on to the bowels, holding on to the bladder, digestion, salivation, um, you know, some of those things, they're going to just stop working. Now, we'll get back into the color codes here for a second. So... Above 175 beats per minute, again, we have irrational thought process. Your fight, flight, freeze is really whacked out at that point. You're going to have submissive behavior, right? You're, you may avoid the, uh, the, blow, the bowels or the bladder, and your, your, um, your gross motor skills are going to be, you know, gross motor skills, think caveman, punching, kicking, stuff like this. It's going to be compromised, right? Uh, your cognitive processing skills, right? Your ability to think clearly, your ability to make correct decisions is is going to be altered. It's going to be screwed up, right? Um, you're going to have loss of peripheral vision. And we're going to talk about that a little bit here in a second. You're also going to have auditory exclusion. We're going to talk about that here in a minute as well. I'm going to describe a training evolution that I like to do with my students and uh, where you will see auditory exclusion and peripheral vision loss uh, frequently. 
right? And um, there's going to be a loss of depth perception, right? And uh, that's also included here. But then there's also this thing called vasoconstriction. Vasoconstriction is when all the uh, capillaries and stuff like that, they they um, they shut, uh, close up really tight, and they send all the blood back to the important shit, such as your heart, your lungs, your liver, your spleen, uh, all the things that keep you alive, right? So when people uh, encounter a knife attack, many times they'll get slashed in the leg or in the arm, and they're not going to bleed very much. Even gunshot wounds, they're not going to bleed very much because what's happening is everything is kind of... Uh, you know, closing up uh, and it's sending blood to the important stuff and not necessarily to those extremities. So that's what uh, vasoconstriction is. Now, that all being said, condition black, again, this is this is where you're uh, above 175 beats per minute. This is where you're freezing. This is where everything is shutting down. You cannot process things correctly. You cannot function correctly, okay? So that all being said, I want to talk about how can we overcome that and learn how to live in that condition orange, that kind of that weird area between condition red and condition yellow. How can we get into that optimum level and learn how to how to operate there well? So in a Krav Maga class or in a law enforcement defensive tactic class or in a jiu-jitsu class or in you know uh, a shooting class, it's very difficult to mimic and to recreate Adrenaline. It's really difficult to uh, make you feel afraid for your life because your brain knows that you're in a training environment. Your brain knows that you're in a safe environment where nobody really wants to hurt you. But we want to still create that so that your body reacts that way. So what was the key point to all the, the conditions is your heart, heart rate, right? Is getting your heart rate up. So what do I want to do is... I want to raise your heart rate in a way, right, that is going to mimic that loss of fine motor skills, that loss of complex motor skills, and, uh, you know, impairing your cognitive processing, your your ability to make uh, correct decisions, your um, peripheral vision. I want to raise your heart rate there. So how do I do this? I do it through physical exhaustion. I'll have you do a ton of burpees. I'll have you run around and I'll spin you around 10 times and then tell you to run across the room and hit a bag, right? Stuff like this. Now, I put up a video on uh, the Invictus Defense Academy Facebook and Instagram the other day uh, called the Dizzy Izzy Drill. And in that drill uh, is during a strike lab. Uh, one person is carrying around a big pad and the other person's got their boxing gloves on. And we have uh, them pair up. And so one person, you know, like myself and Dave, they will, will be partners, right? And we're going to run opposite of each other. We're going to run all over the gym. And we're going to look straight down at the ground so we don't know where each other is. And then when uh, the instructor yells go, the person with a boxing glove is going to spin around as fast as they can 10 times. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Spinning nice and fast, right? And then they're going to stop and they have to find their partner, through the crowd, through all the other students, they gotta find it and they gotta run straight at them and they gotta attack that pad as hard as they possibly can. So, what have I done? One, I've made them run around the room nice and fast. They're running. They're getting their, they're getting their heart rate up as it is. They're getting their, um, they're breathing a little harder. They're sweating a little bit. 
And uh, they're probably physically exhausted because I usually do this drill at the very end of the class once they have thrown a bunch of punches and strikes and kicks and stuff like this. So that way they're physically fatigued as it is. Now I'm going to physically fatigue them even more and I'm going to raise their heart rate. So then I tell them to attack and they run across the room and bye for about... 45 seconds to a minute, I just make them go completely fucking ballistic on this pad. And then we do it again. And we do it again. We do it a total of three to four times. And these people are spinning each time. Ten spins. Blah, 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 blah. Right? And what happens is the first time, it's kind of funny. You know, everybody spins around. Somebody will fall over, maybe hit the wall, whatever. But they get up and they go after it. And yeah, okay. But then the second time comes. And it's harder for them to find their partner. The third time comes, it's even harder for them to find their partner. They have to stand there for a little bit longer and they freeze in place and they're not moving and they're scanning the room and they're looking for their partner, but they're having a hard time finding them. And even on the fourth time, they're spinning really slow. Their heart rate is going. They're breathing super hard and they, they are really having a hard time locating their partner on the other end of the room. And sometimes their partner has stood right freaking next to them and they can't see them. Why? Because what we did was we jacked up their heart rate and what we did is we caused uh, disorientation through the spinning. So this would be the equivalent of boom, just getting knocked in the head, taking a really good hard right cross or, or, or a kick to the head or something like this, right? So I've got that disorientation. We've caused the heart rate to come up, and now we have created peripheral vision. And then everybody's yelling, everybody's moving around and grunting and you know pounding on pads. I've got the music cranked up, and I'm yelling, go, 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 go. And they're looking at me like I'm speaking Greek, but I'm not. It's just they can't hear me. Because they all they're hearing is their own heartbeat. Thunk, 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 in their heads. So, this is one of my drills that I'd like to do. And the other one is in Krav Maga. The Krav Maga uh, side of things is, say we'll get into a group of three. Person number one is holding that pad. Person number two is the attacker, or the, uh, the defender, right? And then person number three is the attacker, right? They're the bad guy. So, person number one, all he's got to do is just stand there with a big pad and just, you know, make sure the, the, they're, the person's uh, engaging, right? Person number two, they're going to punch, they're going to kick, they're going to knee, they're going to elbow, they're going to do everything they possibly can on this big pad. And then person number three is randomly going to come in and they're going to choke them, they're going to punch them, they're going to kick them, they're going to try and take them to the ground. Whatever it is that we worked on during that class. Say we worked on uh, knife defenses, like a downward stab, you know, like a straight horror movie type. You know, the knife comes up and the knife gets plunged down into somebody's chest. So we work on it nice and clean the entire class. We work on the principles of Krav Maga and the principles of, that, that get you through that technique safely so that you don't get stabbed, right? They work on really good, clean combatives, good, clean footwork, moving away and scanning, right? They're working on, you know, dealing with uh, different angles of that stab, stuff like this. And then what I do is I say, go. So... My defender is bang, 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 going to town on this bag. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, boom, person number three comes in and stabs them. But here's what happened. The person got stabbed two or three times before they turned to actually execute a defense. Why did this happen? 
They got peripheral vision. They got so focused on punching that bag and kneeing that bag and going, and their heart rate is re- you know has risen up, and now their peripheral vision is sucked in, and it's like they're looking through a toilet paper tube. All they can see is this tiny little circle in front of them, and they didn't even see the person with the rubber knife standing right there come over nice and slow and boom stab them once boom stab them twice and they recoil and they're getting ready to stab them a third time and oh my gosh they do a defense and it's nothing like anything that i taught them and nothing that they practiced over the last hour why is this again we have raised the heart rate we have raised the respiration we have raised the stress level and your cognitive reasoning, your cognitive uh, processing is now impaired. You're not functioning on all cylinders at this point. You do something, right? But your complex and your, your fine motor skills are completely compromised. So you do something, which usually results in, you know, essentially a simulated cuts and more stabs. But you missed the first two. You got stabbed twice. You tried to do something on the third one, but it wasn't all that effective. Your combatives are really stiff. They're really rigid, and they're not very clean, and you're not moving very fluidly. You're not even moving your feet. You just stand there because ah, your body is just shutting down. You have no ability to flee or fight. So what do we do? The solution to this is to continue doing these drills, but then really focus on making sure that the defender is taking the time to breathe properly, stay nice and calm even though they're acting aggressively, but they have to continue to keep their head on a swivel. Even though they're punching, they're elbowing, they're kicking, they're headbutting, they're doing all these things. You keep a head on a swivel so that way they can see attacks coming from angles. And then what they need to do is when the attack comes on, they need to switch focus. Whoa. And they need to execute. You need to strive to them to execute the defense as clean as possible. So what are we doing? We are locking it into the system under stress, right? Think of like a forging metal. What do we do? We heat it up and then we pound the shit out of it. Forging metal is a very violent and very nasty process. You heat this shit up, you get it so red hot, you bring it out, you take a mallet to that son of a bitch and you beat it until it gets to the shape and the form and the, and the hardness that you want. And that's exactly what a summary drill, which is what we call it, um, that's exactly what a summary drill is. It is a forging. So I've warmed you up all class. I've given you all the, the moves and the techniques and, the, and, and, the, and the, the little ins and outs and the intricacies or whatever. We have showed you the principles of the Krav Maga system. And then now I am throwing your ass in a fire by making you punch the bag, knee the bag. And then we take you out and we start hammering you with that third person attacking you. So you need to make sure that that student is is executing it as cleanly as possible and thinking very clearly. Multiple attacker uh, scenarios and multiple attacker summary drills are awesome for bringing people from like condition gray and condition black back down to red and orange. 
They are a great way to take someone who is freaking out inside and they want to run out the door and they want to free they want to quit they want to stop they just want to submit they just want this nastiness to be over with and it's a great way to bring them back to reality and make them execute good clean technique so what have i done i've induced stress by raising the heart rate and raising the respiratory rate and putting you under physical duress by making you work out really, really hard and exert yourself and your muscles should be tired and and sore from the, the whole previous portion of the class. And now we're going to forge that iron. We're going to make it nice and hard. We've heat you up. Now we're going to beat on it and then we're going to make that metal nice and firm. We're going to make it hard. We're going to forge it into a very effective weapon. So how can we apply this to the other aspects of our life? I mean, how many of you guys have been in a car crash uh, or like a little fender bender and someone's just, uh, 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 and they're freaking out, right? Or something bad happens at work and it's not even life-threatening. It's just a very minor thing, but someone is just losing their shit. How do we do this? How do we, how do we get around this? Well, it's simple. We have to find ways to induce stress in a controlled environment with a predetermined outcome and we set it up so that way they can learn how to deal with that stress. We can learn how to deal with that, uh, that, uh, that negative impact that stress and violent confrontation has on our lives or confrontation for that matter at all. You know, people who go shooting a lot. I love shooters, right? One of the best things that when I was doing law enforcement shooting is they would make us run as fast as we could all the way to the end of the parking lot, run back, slap a mag in our, in our, in our pistol, rack around, and then they put a little paper plate on there. And we're only 10 yards away. And then bang, 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 bang. And you have to get all of your rounds in the paper plate. And... We have to put all of our rounds in that paper plate. And why do we want to do that? We want to focus on calming the mind, calming the body, and working through that stress. So we just ran with 30 extra pounds of lightweight crap all the way to the end of the parking lot. We sprint back. We throw in a magazine. And now I have to calm the body. Even though my heart rate's through the roof, right, and my breathing is off, I have to calm myself, punch that, uh, punch that pistol out, Get my eyes on the sights and really focus on that trigger pull. Bang, bang, reset, bang. They are expecting me to practice perfection under that stress. They, are, they want me to practice that perfection under that duress, under that physical exertion, right? That's how they train us for stress inoculation. Stress inoculation, just like a flu inoculation, I'm going to induce stress, force the body to learn how to deal with it so that way you are inoculated to it. So we can we can apply this to all aspects of our lives. Because what happens is when we go through the training in, in Krav Maga or in firearms and we, we blend the two together uh, through our tactical skills and stuff like this, what we need to realize is it's just training. I'm okay. Nobody's actually dying right now. Calm down. It's okay. And as we lock in those really good practiced uh, calm behaviors, as we practice executing good calm behavior under stress, it becomes more natural to us. 
so that later in my career, you know, as a recruit, those those uh, those exercises were were horrible. I mean, my my target looked like I shot a uh, a freaking shotgun blast at it, and then when I did stress drills in um, in the defensive tactics side, my fighting was absolutely horrible. I mean, I, you know. It was fine the whole time I was doing the the technique portion of the course, but then as soon as they put a box on my head and told me to react whatever happens when they take the box off, with that surprise, that that raised my stress level, and then I fought like crap, right? But the more I did it, the more I was expected to perform as perfect as possible under those stressful conditions, the better I got at it. So that way, towards the end of my career, they'd say, all right, run down to the end of the parking lot, come back. You know, reassemble your gun, and I'm gonna tell you uh, what what target to shoot. Okay, boom, boom, boom. Off I go. I run, and I come back. Slap, bang, boom. Here comes my gun. Slap a mag in that rack around in there, and they go. You know, green shirt, red shirt, and I go bang, 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 and I got rounds on target just fine as center center punch. Why? Because it was in uh, it was I was inoculated to that stress. Now, I was I learned how to deal with that stress. So the next time that something's going wrong in your life, the kids are screaming, the house is a mess, the bills are piling up, or whatever, calm down. It's okay. You know, this does not just apply to combat fighting, but it applies to all life. Especially if you can, you know, learn how to execute good behavior under stressful conditions. What happens when a lot of people are stressed? They get they get snappy with each other, right? We snap at our coworkers, we snap at our spouse, right? So the next time you're super stressed and you're like your skin's crawling off your bones and you're just breathing hard and you feel your heart rate going because the bills are late and the kids are screaming and the, there's a house in the mess and the kitchen's on fire or whatever the case may be, take a deep breath and go, "Okay. It's going to be all right." And just rationally walk yourself through a, a solution to each individual problem. And the more you do these things, the more the more apt you are to, you know, act better when you're under stress. You're not going to be so snappy. You can, you know, when someone says something to you when you're when you're freaking cranky like that, you will have the ability to go and just be polite, you know, and and not have to snap at them. You're inoculating yourself to that stress, right? And if you can bring that stress level down, life gets so much easier, guys. This comes down to the unconquerable soul, right? How do we become unconquerable? We have to train for being unconquerable, right? We have to train ourselves to be calm under these situations and and look at the situation and go, you know what? You're not going to get me. You know, I I read the, the poem Invictus to you guys, you know? I am the master of my fate, and I am the captain of my soul. I am the one who decides. I'm the one who gets to have the right mindset and make the correct decision to have the best outcome for this situation. You know, the uh, In the poem, you know, it says, In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. That's one of the most powerful paragraphs in that entire poem, to me at least. Because, you know, again, you're, you're, you're enduring all this stress, right? 
whether it's the bills and the screaming kids and the kitchen's on fire or you're in the training room and I'm making you run around and punch a bag and then somebody's coming at you with a knife or gun or choking you or tackling you or whatever the case may be, right? Or you've got multiple attackers. Or whether it's, you know, you're on the range and I make you run to the end of the parking lot, come back, slap your gun together and put a round in chamber and put rounds, you know, on a small paper plate, stuff like this. Those are the, the, the circumstances. And I can either let that stress get to me and I can let that stress negatively affect my body and my well-being and I can perform like complete shit. Or I can say, you know, my head is bloody but I'm bad. It's okay. You can beat on me. You can stress me out. You can do whatever. But it's okay. I'm all right. As long as I have the ability to think about it and as long as I have the ability to say, you know what, I'm okay, then I'm okay, I'm alive. If you're, if you have the ability to complain, guess what, you're alive. So shut up and fucking just do it. To become an unconquerable soul, back to the whole premise of this, understanding these conditions, condition white, yellow, red, uh, gray, and black, right? Understanding the physiological effects of where, what happens to our body when our heart rate gets to a certain level. Understanding the negative effects of what happens when our heart rate gets too high. And then we hit the training ground, or we just attack life, however it may be. And what we do is we apply that. We go, okay, I recognize that this is what's happening. I need to calm my ass down. And you bring yourself down and try to hang out in that condition orange on stressful times. Because remember... 115 beats per minute to 145 beats per minute. That's your optimum operating level. That's your optimum performance level. So hang out there. You're going to be fine. And it's all mindset, guys. You are the ones who control that. You are the ones who decide how bad this is or how bad it can get. So... Until next time, guys, uh, my name is Chris, and I am your host for the Unconquerable Souls podcast. I ask that you guys leave us a review uh, here on iTunes. Uh, The more reviews that we get, the more opportunities we have to get sponsorships, which then, guess what? We give you guys sponsorship codes, and that means you guys get discounts on great stuff. If there's something that you guys would like to hear about, please hit me up, chris at invictusdefenseacademy.com. And, uh, you know, let me know what you would like to hear. If there's somebody that you would like to have us interview, by all means, hit us up. Kyle just did a phenomenal interview with a friend who goes ice climbing. And we're, we can't wait to pump that, uh, that episode out to you guys. And we can't wait to uh, hear you guys' feedback on that. And I am getting ready to interview a good friend of mine. Uh, from the NYPD uh, and uh, and listen to his his tales of uh, being an NYPD officer in uh, you know the late 80s early 90s and into the 2000s and even his uh, time uh, as an NYPD officer during the 9/11 terrorist attacks. So uh, we we've got some fantastic interviews coming your way and we can't wait to pump them out for you guys. So if there's something that you guys want to hear, by all means, send me an email. Or uh, leave us a review, and uh, we'd be gr- we'd be glad to help you guys out. But until next time, train hard, train smart, and become Invictus. <laughs>